With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the RJ Ochoa Show. It is another week in the month of March in the year 2016, and now you don't have to check your calendar since I just told you that. And I want to start the show off with something that I'm sure you're all aware of at this point. Last Friday, a member of the Baltimore Ravens, Trey Walker, he passed away, and um, it was a really somber moment for the National Football League. Trey was in a dirt bike accident. He'd been riding his dirt bike um, out in the night, and he was wearing some dark clothing, police said, and he wasn't wearing a helmet, and he was in an accident, and unfortunately, he died as a result of it, and so obviously prayers to the Walker family. Trey was a rookie last year, and he dedicated his rookie season to the memory of his late father, who died in November of 2014, so Trey's family has been through a lot over the last few years, and now with his passing, the Baltimore Ravens are banding together and just trying to get through this. It's obviously a difficult time for the Raven family. Quarterback Joe Flacco said that Trey was a young man who was full of energy and promise. This is very hard to wrap my head around, and I'm devastated. As a parent, I cannot imagine what his family is going through right now. All of my thoughts are with them. My hope is that we can be a little bit of help by being a second family for them. And head coach John Harbaugh, he said, quote, Trey was a young man with a good and kind heart. He was humble and loved everything about being part of the Ravens team. He loved his teammates, the practice and the preparation, and that showed every day. He was coachable, did his most to improve, and worked to become the best. I'll never forget that smile. He always seemed to be next to me during the national anthem. May he rest in the peace of Christ Jesus forever, end quote. The Ravens, obviously, you know, they're dealing with things. Um, owner Steve Bashotti, he is chartering a plane for all of the players and coaches to go attend Trey Walker's funeral, which is on Saturday at 1 p.m. in Miami. And, um, you know, so just keep the Ravens players and family and the Walker family in your thoughts and prayers. It's um, obviously devastating for them, and, and our hearts go out to them. In the NFL world... A lot of things changed on Wednesday. Some rules were amended down in Boca Raton, Florida, where the NFL owners' meetings were taking place. Now, the ones that drew the most attention, I'm sure you've heard about as well, but we're going to talk about them a little bit. The first one is what I think we all know as the Odell Beckham Jr. rule. Already only two years into his young career, Odell Beckham has already made his mark in the rule book, and there will now be an automatic ejection for any player or coach who receives two unsportsmanlike personal fouls. Now, this rule is on a one-year trial basis for 2016. So in a year, they'll revisit it, and they'll see how it worked, how it didn't work. But a lot of people have been calling for a system like this. I'm not a soccer fan because soccer is a terrible sport, but it's a really similar idea to how a yellow card and a red card are given out to players who 
are causing some trouble. And so the NFL has taken a page out of football's book with this. Odell Beckham gained a lot of attention for this when he got into a scrap with Josh Norman when the Giants played the Panthers. And if this rule had been in effect at a point like that, you have to imagine that either Odell or Josh Norman would have been ejected. And I, I'm really curious at how this is going to affect some games. Can't you just see a situation where somebody draws a personal foul on a fluky play and because they'd already gotten one early in the game, they're gone. I mean, imagine a, a team's star player. Imagine Vaughn Miller gets taken out for the whole game and it's the middle of the third quarter and all of a sudden the Broncos are without their star pass rusher. So I guarantee you that it's going to happen because that's the way the NFL works. The craziest things always find a way to happen and we love it. Another rule revolves around something really crazy, and it is the extra point attempt after a team scores a touchdown. A year ago, the NFL decided to move the extra point attempt back from the 2-yard line to the 15-yard line. We saw a huge increase in terms of the number of extra points missed in 2015, and the most notable one happened in the AFC Championship game, another game that featured Von Miller. Steven Guskowski, the kicker for the New England Patriots, he missed an extra point early in the game that came back to bite the Patriots as it affected the score situation. They weren't able to go for a game-tying field goal because they needed four points as a result of that earlier missed kick. So the extra point rule was on a one-year trial basis last year, similar to how the Odell rule is this year, and that officially passed. So that is the way things are from here on out regarding extra point attempts. Now, something else that happened at the NFL owners' meetings regarding rules that revolves around kicks is the touchbacks. So the way we all understand football to work is if you kick it out of the end zone or somebody takes a knee in the end zone, that team gets the ball at the 20-yard line. Not anymore. Now, a touchback it puts the ball at the 25-yard line. They're spotting teams an extra five yards. Now, the NFL wants to get rid of of return plays because they think it's a play where a lot of unnecessary injuries happen and it's a liability to them and that's understandable we've seen guys like most notably Eric Legrand get injured on kickoff returns because it's a play where you just have grown men literally running with a full force and trying to hit each other you know and they get a larger running start than they do on any normal player on average you could imagine so the idea behind this like I said is to limit the amount of return opportunities but a lot of people have been sort of thinking that this might increase the amount of returns that happen throughout the NFL imagine you're a special teams coordinator and you're going to kick off you're going to kick off to Lucky Whitehead who will actually join the RJO show later but we'll get to that and so you're kicking off to Lucky and you're scared of this guy you don't want him to return it to you but you don't want to give him 25 easy yards because hey then they only have 75 to go and this is a weird situation. So maybe you try to pooch it, as my friend Jimmy Jalsethna, who was on the RJO show a few weeks ago, s suggested to me earlier today. You try to pooch it and land it inside the two-one-yard line so you force the returner to come out without having an opportunity to kneel it for an easy 25 yards. You trust your special team's coverage that you can get down and that you can tackle this guy and put him inside the 25-yard line. I don't know if the NFL totally considered this, which is kind of shocking since it's a room of some of the most rich and powerful men in the world. But, hey, that's beyond me. So in 2016, get ready because a touchback is worth a quarter of 100 yards. 25 yards is the new starting spot for touchbacks. Something else that the NFL changed when they were in Boca Raton is chop blocks are now illegal. 
everybody's pretty much down with this. I don't think anyone is upset about this. I mean, who likes chop blocks? Who likes danger? Who wants anybody to potentially get hurt? So this was an easy one. Nobody was shocked by chop blocks being outlawed. In other news, the Los Angeles Rams, who are going to be moving to Los Angeles and are in the process of it, I should say, they made some news on Wednesday as well. The Rams are going to be featured on HBO's Hard Knocks this summer. Hard Knocks is an HBO documentary series, if you've never seen it before, that chronicles a team during training camp. It's about eight to nine episodes. It's a really cool deal. Last year, they featured the Houston Texans. And if you've never seen Hard Knocks before, you end up kind of rooting for the team that's on there because it's told through the lens of filmmakers. And so you start to root for guys. There's always somebody who becomes a, a fan favorite. Last year, it was Charles James. And he became really famous because during a preseason game, he walked up to Peyton Manning and told him that he'd been a fan of him his entire life and he just wanted to go shake his hand. And so the Rams being on Hard Knocks makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, they're new to the Los Angeles market. They need as much media hype as they can get. They don't have a stadium yet. And so they need a fan base. The city of Los Angeles is just now getting used to the idea of a professional football team returning. They've got the Lakers, who aren't that great, obviously. They've got the Clippers. They've got UCLA, USC. And now they've got Todd Gurley. And if you believe the Rams management, they also have Case Keenum because the Rams are saying that they believe that Case Keenum is their week one starter. If that is true, that is terrifying, that a professional football team believes that Case Keenum can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But, hey, the Rams are the Rams, and we're all going to see the Rams on HBO's Hard Knocks this summer. I'm really excited. It's going to be a fun thing. Uh, on a similar note, the Arizona Cardinals have teamed up with Amazon Video to release their own show this summer that's called All or Nothing. This was a project that NFL Films had a big hand in, and we don't really know much about it. We just know that it's coming out this summer, and it features the Arizona Cardinals who are a heck of a whole lot more exciting than the Los Angeles Rams because they got Bruce Arians, they got Larry Fitzgerald, and Patrick Peterson, and the Honey Badger. The Rams are just, they're already losing in the NFC West because the Cardinals show is going to be so much better than theirs. But uh, So we're going to have some, some good, good football content to watch this summer. Staying with the Rams, though, the Rams will not be staying in the United States in 2018. Another piece of news came out on Wednesday that the Rams will be playing a home game in the land of China in 2018. The Rams will be playing overseas in China, similar to how the NFL has its London game every year. And in 2018, they still won't have their home stadium. So they'll be the designated home team in that game. Their stadium is projected to be ready in 2019. So the NFL is all about making itself a global brand. The London game has become such a huge deal. And now they're going to go conquer China. So the Rams, I, I found this interesting because I looked it up. In 2018, according to the Chinese Zodiac, is the year of the dog, not the year of the Ram. Wouldn't it have been so much cooler if the year of the Ram, the Rams had come? But uh, the year of the dog is 2018. So the NFL should have had the Browns go because the Browns have the whole dog pound thing it would have made so much more sense for the dogs to be in china but nevertheless the chinese folk will have to settle for todd Gurley. how do you say ram in chinese can somebody help me out here no whatever so like i alluded to a little bit earlier we're gonna have dallas cowboys wide receiver lucky whitehead 
on the show in a little bit. But before we get to Lucky, I want to continue something we've been doing here on the RJO Show for the last few weeks, and that's building all division teams. Today, I'm going to talk about the AFC North. Now, the way this works is we pick a head coach for a division, and we stay within that division, a quarterback, which is pretty obvious, a running back group, and by running back group, you have to take that team's running backs. If you're talking the NFC East, you can't take Darren McFadden and Ryan Matthews. You have to pick one team's running backs. You have to take one team's offensive line. You have to take one team's pass catchers, and by pass catchers, we have wide receivers and tight ends. And so after that, we're going to go to defense, and we pick a D-line, a linebacking core, and a secondary. So we've already done the entire NFC. Today, we're going to talk about the AFC North. Getting things started with the head coach, we've got John Harbaugh, Super Bowl winner. We've got Mike Tomlin, Super Bowl winner. Marvin Lewis, who's never won a playoff game. And the newly crowned Hugh Jackson over in Cleveland. Mike Tomlin is somebody that I really want to consider here because he seems like a player's coach. He seems like the Steelers really gravitate towards him, but I've always loved John Harbaugh. John has a way of of just channeling the Ravens organization. It seems like everything there goes through him. He's all about getting the right kind of guy, to borrow a Jason Garrett phrase. And so I'm going to go John Harbaugh as the head coach of the all-AFC North team. Now at quarterback, we've got Harbaugh's guy and Joe Flacco. We've got Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl winner. We've got Andy Dalton, who a lot of people love to hate. And we've got who knows what coming out of the city of Cleveland. This one isn't that complicated. Joe Flacco is a little interesting, but ultimately we got to go with the hard one. we got to go with Big Ben Roethlisberger because this guy, not only can he make any play at any time on any point of the field, but Ben is a warrior. This guy will play, you know, if you chop his arm off. The guy is all about just playing. He, he fits the mold of the city of Pittsburgh. He's a tough guy. You just see him in, in a cold weather game always deliver for his team and he's going to deliver the ball in the gut I think of the Cincinnati Bengal running backs and the Ravens don't have much to offer here and neither do the Browns this really comes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Bengals because you've got Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams coming back and then you've got the Bengal combo of Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill now Le'Veon Bell is one of the best and most electrifying running backs across the whole National Football League but he comes with D'Angelo Williams, and so maybe maybe Lev is an A+, plus, but D'Angelo is like a B-, minus. and you look at the Bengal duo, and they're both like A- minus guys. Like Neither of them is, is Le'Veon Bell, but they're both significantly better than D'Angelo Williams. So I'd rather have the, the Cincy duo because not only do I think they're both better on average, but Gio is that shifty guy. I can use Gio in the screen game, and, and he's a pass catcher. He's the really, really fast pinball-type running back. And then Jeremy Hill's my thumper. If I get down near the goal line, I can hand it to him, and, and I've got a diverse type of, of running backs, and I, I'm really happy with that. Now, the boys that are going to be blocking for them, I think we're going to go with some consistency here because the Ravens just lost Kelechi Osimile to the Oakland Raiders and. So they're out of this in terms of the offensive line. The Cleveland Browns have Joe Thomas, who's one of the best left tackles in the game. But outside of that, we're not working with much. I like what the Steelers have going on. They have some youth. They have David DeCastro. And I like what they got going on. But the Bengals, the Bengals just seem to have things figured out. Pro Football Focus rated their pass blocking eighth across the NFL in 2015 and their run blocking ninth. Now, that's better than their counterpart Steelers, who only finished seventh in pass blocking and 23rd 
in run blocking. So, yeah, they had him beat in terms of pass blocking by one spot, but run blocking, they were just absolute garbage. And since I have a high priority when it comes to our running backs, Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill, I want the Bengal guys. So right now we've got John Harbaugh, Big Ben, the Bengal running backs, and the Bengal offensive line. Now the pass catchers, remember, this includes the tight ends. The Steelers are hard not to choose because you've got Antonio Brown, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the business. And if you follow him on Snapchat, then you know the business is booming. I like the Bengals, but A.J. Green just doesn't doesn't really interest me. People people love A.J., but I just don't think he's that that scary. I, I'm not that scared of him when when my team plays him. The Browns, I'm not even going to entertain here. The, the Ravens have some interesting things. They have Steve Smith and, and the newly signed Mike Wallace and Brashad Perriman coming out in 2016. But sorry, this is the Steelers. Antonio Brown gives us a chance to win every single game. Yes, we lost Martavis Bryant to a one-year suspension thanks to some pot, but we've also got Marcus Wheaton, we've got Sammy Coates, and we've got the newly signed Ladarius Green. And with a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to make this happen, which is why the Steelers are going to be really dangerous for real in 2016. Defensively, I I looked at this, and I'm going to save you some time. I'm taking the whole Bengal defense because on the D-line, I've got Geno Atkins, who's a difference maker. At the linebacking level, I've got Vontez Burfick, who despite being a little bit of a knucklehead in the playoffs against the Steelers last year, he's a difference maker. In the secondary, I've got Pac-Man Jones, who they think is worth a lot of money, and some other great pieces. And it's not that I think that this defense is a lead or, or all-world or anything, but, I mean, look at what we got throughout the division. I mean, I'll, I'll just, just name the guys. You've got Joe Hayden in Cleveland. You've got... C.J. Mosley in Baltimore, maybe Terrell Suggs if, if he's able to rebound to a consistent level after tearing his ACL in the first game of the season last year. You've got, you know, not a lot of guys, and the Bengals just have guys everywhere, and so that's why I think that at every level the Bengals have the best defense in this division, which is why they compete so well and why they've gone to the playoffs five years in a row. People make fun of them and make fun of, Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton, myself included, because they haven't won a game, but it's incredibly hard to go to the playoffs just once. It's it's very hard to, to go to the playoffs two years in a row, three years in a row. I mean, what they've done is very impressive when you don't look at it from a sarcastic lens. They've gone to the playoffs five straight years. You know how many teams would kill to go to the playoffs five straight years? But so to recap, we've got John Harbaugh, head coach, Big Ben Roethlisberger, as the quarterback. We got the Cincinnati Bengal running backs, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard. We got the Bengal offensive line. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers pass catchers. And we got the entire Cincinnati Bengal defense. I think this is a unit that can really compete and is truly an indication of the best talent throughout the entire AFC North division. I do feel a little bit badly about leaving Le'Veon Bell off the list because he is such an elite talent. But D'Angelo Williams just weighs him down. He, they're not better as a, as a duo than Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill out in Cincinnati. I also feel badly about leaving Ryan Shazier off this list. He's a player that I really wanted the Dallas Cowboys to take in 2014, but I'm really grateful that he was taking the pick before and they got Zach Martin. I think Ryan Shazier is, when it's all said and done, going to be better than C.J. Mosley, who the Baltimore Ravens took just a few picks later in the same draft class. So, you know, this is always a fun project to build an all-division team, but an even more fun one was having Lucky Whitehead here on the RJO Show. I spoke to Lucky a few days ago. 
We had a great chat about the Cowboys, about Popeye's chicken, about his Snapchat takeover. And he was just a really cool, down-to-earth, humble person. And I'm really excited to share that interview with you. Hey, Cowboys fans, make sure you're voting at Inside the Star's March Madness Bracket. The final four is going on right now. Head over to InsideTheStar.com and vote. Now, let's get to Lucky Whitehead here on the RJ Ochoa Show. Welcome to the RJ Ochoa Show the wide receiver and return specialist for the Dallas Cowboys number 13, Lucky Whitehead. What's going on, Lucky? How y'all doing? I'm doing good, man. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, we I'm just kicked off. Here. I'm glad to hear. We just kicked off the show a few weeks ago. So you're uh, you're the first Cowboy uh, to make it on, and so you're our first. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're really busy. Yes, sir. No problem. And I know that you got a lot going on, you know, because – you're a professional football player and everything, but you've taken up some part-time work. Everybody who uh, who has a Snapchat account knows that you work at Popeyes. What's the story behind that? Yeah, I and, uh, actually, it was actually like a joke. I, like people knew that I was, uh, you know, big on Popeyes from uh, Cowboys Snapchat on game week. I would always go there. I was like my big game, right? Meal, smooth or whatever. So uh, that was definitely like a funny thing, but then when I got the the takeover, I was like, as soon as I got on there, I went, the first thing I did is go to Popeye's, and it was just like, I went inside, and it was like, I see the now hiring sign, I was like, oh, let me just go ahead, let me go ahead and win this, and just have some fun with the Snapchat, and <laughs> I mean, when I went inside, I asked the lady if they were hiring, and she was like, yeah, it's like she gave me like a piece of paper, like the application or whatever. And I, like, sat down like I was getting an interview or stuff like that. I just was, like, kind of, like, you know, just winging it, having fun with it. Yeah. And then uh, I had came back, like, a few hours later, still on the same Snapchat, letting them know, like, oh, they called me back. I'm about to go back up to Popeye's. And everyone started, like, freaking out, like, oh, he's getting a job, blah, blah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I went up there the next day, and uh, it was, like, a different guy working. He was all like, at first I was like, man, it looks like y'all need some help back there. And he was like, yeah, that'll be nice. So I was like, I, mean, I can help. He was kind of <laughs> laughing. So I went over to Cole's and I grabbed like a, I grabbed a shirt and the, um, I grabbed a shirt and a hat. Yeah, kinda we like saw that. Yeah, kind of like blend in and stuff. Exactly, like your uniform. Yeah. <laughs> So then I came back, and when I came back, he, he recognized who I was, and he was like, I know what you do. <laughs> and I That's was like, what are you, like, you talking about? So uh, I was like, well, can I come back there? He was like, he was like, sure, why not? And, like, I never had, like, a, a real a real job before, so it was definitely, like, all learning for me when I went back there. <laughs> so this so, was your, but, your first job besides playing football? Yeah, besides playing football, it's my first, like, real job. I never – Never did anything like that. That's cool, man. But yeah, the guy was all for it, and then I was, you know, I was taking a few orders. Oh, you know, it was, it was definitely fun with it. I, I had fun with it. 
it was a lot of fun. I know everybody loved it on Snapchat. You were cracking people up all weekend. People want you to just run the Cowboys Snapchat account from now on. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I know. Terrence Williams, your teammate, he's, uh, you know, he's running it today. And it's just, you know, he's not cutting it. People just, uh, they want Lucky back on the snap, so. Yeah, I've seen that he was on there, and I did a little uh, a little segment in there when I I kind of, like, took his shine. I let him know, like, <laughs> like you won't mind it. I said I'd come steal your shine for a little bit, and <laughs> we were going back and forth for a little bit, having fun with, you know, with the uh, Snapchat stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, you steal from Terrence a lot, because we saw on the takeover <laughs> when you stole his dude's shoes from his house when you went over there. <laughs> What happened? You just uh, took his shoes? Yeah, I mean, I I can go over there whenever. So I'm thinking he was, I'm thinking he would be home. And like usually when I go over there, I already, I already like let him know I'm coming over. Yeah. This time I didn't let him know I was coming over. And so I just tried to like open the door, and it was unlocked. This first, this one moment it was unlocked. <laughs> so I just you know I kind of walked in. I tried to see if anybody was home. And, like, nobody was around, so I was like, hold on, let me go ahead and play my joke while I'm here. Yeah. Well, and that's what I did in there. I mean, we had a great time with it. No, nah, dude, I mean, this he's got a lot of shoes. I, I was – Oh, yeah, you know, he, has, he has a ton. It was it was insane. Um, but, you know, Terrence is, is obviously a teammate, and, uh, and so is Cole Beasley, who a lot of people love. And, uh, I mean, y'all seem like buddies, man. Y'all, you know, it makes me happy as a Cowboys fan because it feels like y'all are best friends. Because yeah. you, take, you take this dude's parking spot every day yeah. uh, when, when you go to work. And uh, and so um, it, it's been really cool to see you kind of, you know, take a different side of things in the off season and, and show everybody what it's like, you know, uh, on your way to work and, and whatever, whether that work is, is playing football or, uh, you know, at Popeye's, whatever it might be. But uh, you, you tweeted the other day in regards to your, your football job, your main job, that Sean Lee threw you some props. So was, was that oh, a yeah. big deal? I mean, for me, being a young guy, you know, he's been around for a while. You know, he's a one-hour captain. And, uh, you know, just to get some recognition from him is, is definitely a big deal to me. No, nah, man, I mean, Sean is the man. He's the general. Yeah. There's there's no denying that, that props from him means that you're doing it right. And, for sure. And you did a great job all of 2015. You know, I'm a staff writer over at InsideTheStar.com, and we put together this, uh, this like, March Madness sort of bracket, you know, thing for the best play of the 2015 season. And your kick return against the Eagles was one of the plays. And, man, you took that thing 79 yards. What were you thinking that whole run? <laughs> uh, honestly, like, when you, when you get plays like that, you don't really – you're not really thinking much. Yeah. But, like, just, you know – for me, just I mean, it was a big, big moment for me. It was a big, definitely a big deal, uh, just because they had just scored, as you know. And uh, like every time I go back there, I, I let my guy know. That's like usually uh, like my lead blocker. I'm like, yo, if it's if it's not too deep, and if I catch it coming forward, we're, we're going out. Like we're not, you know, what I mean, we're not, we're not taking the knee. That's tight. I love that you you decide that before it's even in the air. You know what I yeah, mean? Like you, yeah. That that you know you gotta be pretty confident to do it, and you have this just incredible ability when it comes to kick returns. You know, I mean that's it, or just not really kick returns, but getting out in space because we saw yeah. you on some reverses. And I know that when you were in high school, you played baseball specifically because of your base running ability. Because you, I mean, yeah. there's no denying how fast you are. I mean, what is it like? You know, I, I'm obviously 
I, I don't know. I know this is hard for you to believe, but I'm not as athletic as you are. And so <laughs> what, what's it like to just be able to move that fast? I mean, like, I can't – can you kind of go through what it's like just having to think that fast and, and move that fast and adjust to a situation and run around and do whatever? Yes, I mean, sometimes it can be hard, especially on, like, um, I wouldn't say it's like other people's bodies, but you definitely got to be some type of athletic. Right. You know what I mean? To do certain, like, certain stuff I do. And, like, yeah, I move at, like, a fast rate. But um, you got you to gotta be able to, like, process it on the field as well. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like that whole kick return, I don't know if you've seen that, like, the move I had to do to, to to get that far in the first place. Yeah, when you cut back left. Yeah, so just that stuff in general is just like you got to, I don't know, it's just like a, a reaction thing. It's just, I mean, it kind of happens at the same time. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's just a, a natural thing now. Yeah. Does, does it ever occur to you, you know, obviously last season was your rookie year, you know, like after a play like that, or maybe not, maybe not a big play like that, but just a, another return. I know you had a big return um, in Washington on Monday night to set up that last drive when when Dan kicked the game winner. Yeah. I mean, does it ever occur to you when you get up after being tackled, like, man, I I just did this for the Dallas Cowboys? You know, like, is is it still crazy to you? Yes, it is. I mean, especially being a young guy, uh, it's fun though. You know what I mean? Especially when you when you do stuff like that and you come back to the sideline and the guys just congratulate you. Uh, Especially like as my receivers, Des Bryant being one. Yeah. Um, there's guys like him, and just just to hear the the compliments and you know that that I had a I had like a a part in our in, a, in that victory on Monday night, and me being from Virginia was even bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like well, that was like back home. You know what I mean? So. Uh, no man, I'm, I mean you're you're a Virginia legend. I I know yeah. you just got you just got your number retired at Osborne High School, number twenty two. Was that awesome? Yeah, that was definitely a big deal for me, you know, and uh it's definitely an honor, you know, when I every time I go back I can I could see that, you know what I mean? And I'm definitely excited about that. It's definitely like something I can always tell my like my future family, you know what I mean? And once yeah. that comes. So I know that, that a lot of your family were, were Redskins fans, obviously, because you're from Virginia. Were you growing up, or is you, did you have a team, or were you just kind of always you interested in playing or anything? No, I, I was never a Redskins fan. I was always like a – I liked certain players. And, yeah. Uh, I never got in in the whole mix of watching football, to be honest, as much as I played and loved it. Who I do you never think, really – Who do you think you're most like? You know, who, who are you saying you like certain players because – I think you're faster, honestly, uh, than, than like Devin Hester. I mean, you're, that's that's your thing right now. I know. I mean, I'm not trying to discredit your receiving abilities, but um, you know, you you sort of you made an impact in in the in special teams over the 2015 season. Who who would you say you're kind of like? You know, you you had favorite players. Maybe Daryl Green, a Redskin. I would say, uh, like a as far as returning and like speed, I would put like Devin Hester and uh, Sean Jackson together. Yeah, uh, just because like I mean, of course you watch Devin Hester. That man is amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a person like me, I would watch. I watch stuff like that. Just like kind of learn. And uh, like I said, I'm still young, and I'm, I got plenty of learning to do. So it's definitely gonna be fun. You know, being in Dallas, and you know, just just I just need to stay healthy. You know, just keep growing. That's it, man. Especially considering that you obviously like Deshaun, and that his fumble during that Monday night game was such a big part. I mean, that was. Yeah, just just a really exciting game. I'm sure you know, even obviously, even more so exciting on the sidelines. Um, 
you know, I want to get back to this Popeyes thing because you said it was your pregame meal. So, like, yeah. what's what's your what's your go to? You know, you got a game Sunday. What do you get from Popeyes so that you can get right for the game? So that so that you know, I can order this next time I have something big going on in my life. I can get the lucky special from Popeyes and feel like I can do. This. We we well we usually have like a a pregame meal at our hotel. Mm-hmm. But like, if we ever had an away game and we flew, like my yep. go to meal was Popeyes, and I would call my guys like, yo. I'm going here because as a rookie, you got to bring the vets food. Exactly. So I'm like, hey, I will go here. I'm like, do y'all want anything? Some people say no. <laughs> Some people like Des Bryant will be like, yes, I want a large fry. I want, <laughs> I want uh, like a burrito. I want chicken tenders. Like he wanted a ton of stuff. But I mean, it's it's playing me. It's a fun thing, and I definitely enjoy it. And I walk like everyone will always say, like, as soon as I get on the plane. Like the Cowboys, like our media people would be ready to like with a picture, like with their phones out because they knew I was coming with Popeye. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's cool that Dez likes it too. And you're talking the fries. I think the fries at, at Popeyes are the best. Oh yeah, they're of, of all. So like, I wanted to get your take on this. If you had to rank the chicken, you know, the fried chicken places. I mean, you know, uh, the, I think the most popular ones are Popeyes, Churches, KFC. I don't know if you've ever had canes, but that's just tenders, and uh, and then maybe golden chick. How would you how would you rank them? Honestly, I've never had none of those besides KFC. Wow, really? So I'm going with Popeyes. <laughs> I mean, I I can't disagree with you, but to be honest, I never get the chicken there. Like I always go tenders. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, that's awesome. I mean, you you know what you like, you go with it, and the biscuits. Are also just as good as the fries. I mean, I oh, yeah, I can't. They are because they're so soft. Like I feel like you never have like an old stale one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, well, that's tight, man. That you always get some Popeyes, and that you always ask for people. You know, you, you know, you don't mind getting people some food, but you are of the belief that nobody minds things. You know, especially when you play pranks on people. Your your catchphrase is "He won't mind." Yeah, uh, you know, where where'd that come from? You just kind of said it one day and just kind of stuck. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I did the whole Parker and Beasley spot one day, and I was like, you know, he won't mind. And people thought it was like hilarious, and like, I kept getting like a lot of responses about it. So then I was doing it to like not just B spot. I was going to like I went to like Witten spot one time. Uh, who else? I went to like Demarcus Demarcus Lawrence spot. Yeah, Dunbar. Yeah, I went to Dunbar. I just just kept doing it, and people was like, that's hilarious. Like, do jokes on so-and-so, do do stuff on with this person. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I was just having fun with it at this point, and then, like, they just wanted to see reactions from people. And, like, when I did the Cowboys Snapchat takeover, it was kind of a big thing on there. So now it's just, like, something I do now just to have fun. Oh, I mean, and like I said, it's it's awesome for fans to see because, you know, we don't get to see this that often. You know, we don't get to yeah. see pranks. Would you say that you're the biggest prankster in the locker room, or is there as somebody? A, as of right now, I'm the hot, I'm the hot man. Oh uh, yeah, who's who's coming for the title though? Who's trying to take you down? I haven't seen nobody yet, because I mean, as of right now, you know, we're still in the off season. Yeah. Uh, we still we got a few captains workouts, but it's not stuff is not crazy right now. People are not. So I'm waiting to see if somebody like wants. I think we report April 18th. So once that hits. If somebody wants to, you know, try to challenge me up, you know, and just try to 
fill my throne. You got to be ready, man, because everyone's going to oh, yeah, come course. for you. Like, everyone's okay. been seeing the snap. They're going to gang up on you. You know what I mean? They're going to say, we all got to take out Lucky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you talk about Cole. Y'all are obviously good friends. Yeah. I heard I heard Bryce Butler on Cowboys cast, and he said that uh, the entire locker room, that Cole was the best rapper. Is that true? or That is, is, that is, that is very much true. Really? Because he's he, just he, like – He does, does have flow? a single talent that he can rap. Wow, he just like that's, like, just, that's like a that's like a baby Eminem right there. Wow, but I mean he's you know I, I feel I feel bad calling him a baby anything because first of all the guy is way stronger than I'll ever be in my life. Oh yeah, he's totally okay. Okay, he is a he is a beast. Okay, he can dunk. Lucky, I mean he, yeah. that's insane. I would say, I would say baby Eminem because you know Eminem's like a a saint when he when he goes in. Yeah, so y'all y'all are just like lifting weights or something, and he just starts flowing like out of nowhere. No, nah, like we, cause like during stretch lines, um, like usually the receivers are all next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like receivers, then it's like the quarter. It just goes. I mean, like linemen, and it goes. Yeah, like, like all, all the, the positions. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, he'll like listen, like cause we usually play music during our during our practices, mm-hmm. and he'll um. He'll uh, he'll just start rapping, <laughs> but like he'll have his own stuff, and it's and just he's, sick. He's, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Man, y'all should record an album, and you can <laughs> you can make you can be in the music video. You know what I mean? Like you just doing all the pranks while he just raps like you know crazy lucky or whatever's going on. Yeah. Uh, but that's tight, you know. So I'm I'm glad to hear that, that Cole is the best rapper. Can you rap at all, or you you just handle the pranks and let Cole? Uh, I do a little bit of freestyling, but it gotta be like I can only gotta I gotta write down like a line. So I'm only yeah, good for a line, you know. Hey, I mean that's that's okay, you know. I I'm terrible at it, and you know my name is R J. So I always just be like, Yo, my name's R J. I'm here to say it's my day. You know, it's the it's yeah. the weakest. <laughs> flow you can possibly come up with um you know but dude i i was reading and you are so fast i i, I can't get over this is it true that you once clocked a four two nine forty yard dash i think someone had that but like i don't believe it either so the best i've seen was a four three two. Oh, oh, my bad only a four three two you're right that's that's real <laughs> slow man i just i can't imagine what it's like to physically move that fast and, uh, you know, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and when you're moving that fast, you're wearing number 13 on your back and on your chest, and that works so well considering your nickname, Lucky. Uh, yeah. how, did you pick 13 because of that, or it just kind of happened? Because I know you wore 22 in high school, and then you wore one at Florida Atlantic. Did, you know, what, did you just figure, well, hey, 13 fits? It was uh, actually my – I came, it was in my, actually just in my locker, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, okay. I didn't think nothing of the whole 13 situation until after practice one time. Someone was like, oh, I see you have a sense of humor. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I see what you mean. Like, oh. Wow. So well, mean, and then after that point, it's kind of stuck. That's cool. I mean, it fits. You know, it works out really well. You're lucky number 13. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know it's amazing that you didn't even plan it. You know, I, I, it's it's actually better than seven because people think seven's a lucky number, but thirteen is is a way luckier number. Yeah. Um, 
I know that, that Taylor Swift is, like, obsessed with the numbers. I think she was born on the 13th or something like that. Do you listen to Taylor? Is that your pregame pump-up? I think I, no, I think I've heard a few of her songs, but that's not my go-to. Well, I saw when you were on the takeover that you, you know, you liked to jam to Owl City because you were, you were oh, jamming yeah. to Fireflies. Yeah, uh, that's my, I, yeah, I love that song. Dude, that song is great. The other one that I would recommend if you haven't heard it, I think it's called When Can I See You Again uh, by them. And it was in, uh, I don't know if you saw the movie Wreck-It Ralph, the, the Disney movie. Oh, yeah, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, but. I'm going to wreck it. Exactly. If, who would you say is, is Ralph on the Cowboys? Who wrecks it like him? Because <laughs> uh, I could see you being the, the other guy, you know what I mean, the guy Ralph hates, because you're just that, he's like that small, shifty guy, like on that one game, jumping yeah. around. He's, you know, who's who's just this big, you know, wrecks everything Ralph kind of guy? I would say Leo Collins. Wow. That's a, that's a record, Ralph, the way he plays. Yeah, I mean, I was at the game in Green Bay, uh, by the way, it rained the whole time. It was it was just awful. But yeah, it was ugly. But that that play where he is running just you know parallel with McFadden is incredible. Uh, I don't know if he could have you know if y'all were running even he might have beat you on that play just because he was moving. Oh yeah, but, he was definitely. I mean, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen it on ESPN. And it was it was definitely insane. That's awesome, man. You know. Uh, it was a good season, you know, obviously not the way y'all would have wanted it to end, not the way anybody would have wanted it to end. But, I mean, you got, you know, some, some experience under your belt. Like you say, you're a young guy. you got a really bright future. Talk to me about So Hoodie. I saw you, you got a partnership going on with them. I saw you posted on your Instagram over at Luck Too Fast. That's yeah. two, the number two. What's going on with So Hoodie? Uh, it's just like an upcoming thing. Um, it's kind of like a, you know how Gatorade has a little towel. You know, uh, you ever seen Cam Newton's course put the like the towel over his head? Yeah, like a little hood. But, yeah, so it's like a it's like a thing you can you can work out in. You can walk around, and if you don't want to have a whole hoodie on, you just have the hood on. You can have it like you can make make it make it and put any design you want on there. Yeah, you know I mean, so I got a few on my on the way now. It has actually has not too fast on the side, and the other side it has number thirteen on it. I gotta get so, one of these. So oh, yeah, definitely, I, definitely. So, you know, I can go out in, like, my stretch runs or whatever, and I can flow like coal, and, you know, I I can have Owl City on my headphones while I'm warming up. Just, you know, and then get some Popeye so I can be ready. Exactly. That's that's the lucky routine. Uh, well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, to, to do this. I know you got a busy off season, Like you said, you guys report April 18th. It's going to be a really great year for the Cowboys in 2016. You know, you you see your role expanding, you know, a little bit more in, in the receiving game a little bit. Yeah, so something I'm I'm working on myself, uh, you know, just to make sure I'm 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 here to help the team any way as possible, you know, and uh, you know, just just be a part of something great. Well, hey man, if if you you know if you have even half the effort that you had last year, you're on the way to great things. Cause, you know, it was it was a really great rookie year. Like I said, you, you know, I you know, no jive here. You absolutely remind me of Devin Hester in, in the way you play special teams. I, I can't wait to see you get more integrated into the pass game with everything. Stay healthy in 2016, man. We're all rooting for you. You know, what do you want to say to the RJ Ochoa show? One last thing. I just want to say thanks for having me, y'all. Y'all have a great day. And uh, he won't mind. <laughs> 
Uh, he won't, my man. Let's get together and have Popeye sometime soon. And like I said, stay healthy, man. Have a great 2016. All right. Thank you, you too. You would not believe your eyes If 10 million fireflies Lit up the world as I fell asleep Cause they fill the open air And leave teardrops everywhere You'd think me rude, but I would just stand and stare Hey Cowboys fans, RJ Ochoa here. Are you wondering what the 2016 schedule is going to look like for America's team? You don't have to worry anymore. Head over to InsideTheStar.com and you can check out my official 2016 schedule prediction for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know what you're thinking. Did this guy just make this up based off of whatever he was feeling on a random Tuesday? Of course not. I went through each schedule from the 2002 season and beyond because that was when the NFL went through its realignment. And I carefully studied and assessed each schedule in each specific week to determine the most likely scenario for our boys. So go check it out and see who the Cowboys might be playing. And that way you can start planning your trips to go see the team. Now let's get back to the R.J. Ochoa Show. Welcome back, everybody. Wasn't that a fun interview with Lucky Whitehead, the wide receiver and return specialist for the Dallas Cowboys? Lucky is such a cool guy. I thought it was so cool to hear about how there are moments where he actually decides, you know, before the ball's even kicked, I'm going to bring this out. I'm going to do whatever I can to help my team out. That return that we talked about that he had against the Eagles was one of the best plays of the season. And Four of the best plays of the season are what's left in our official InsideTheStar.com Dallas Cowboys March Madness bracket. If you haven't checked it out, I'll give you some insight. The final four plays are Tony Romo's game-winning touchdown to Jason Witten in Week 1 against the New York Giants. I know we all remember that one. The one that that one's facing up against is Dan Bailey's game-winning kick in Washington on Monday Night Football, which was aided by Lucky Whitehead and his insane kick return abilities. You know, Lucky had the fifth highest yards per return of all eligible kick returners in the NFL in 2015, so this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to return plays. The other side of the bracket, we've got Rolando McClain's pick six, where he intercepted Ryan Tannehill down in Miami and took it all the way to the house, and that one is going up against Des Bryant when... The Philadelphia Eagles were in town. Dez jumped to quote Chris Collinsworth out of the stadium to make an insane catch. And if you look at InsideTheStar.com, we've got a little video of the catch. But what was also amazing about that play was Matt Castle had to do some scrambling. He ran a lot farther than he probably had to, but it made the play really special and one that I think we'll all remember for a little while. So make sure and go and vote on that. And while you're at InsideTheStar.com, you might notice an article titled How the Dallas Cowboys Brilliantly Stole Alfred Morris. This is something that I wrote for the site earlier this week. And I, I thought of this as soon as the Cowboys signed Alfred. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'd been chirping about the Cowboys and Alfred Morris for quite some time. I, I really wanted him, and I really believe that he has a lot of potential behind this big, massive, super talented offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Doug Martin, I know we all know who Doug is, and I know that we all know that two weeks ago he got a five-year, $35.75 million contract with $15 million guaranteed. 
I remember this when Alfred signed, and I, I thought it curious because I know that they were both drafted in 2012, and they both had a, a pretty significant rookie year that gained them a lot of attention. And if it hadn't been for Andrew Luck and RG3 and, at the time, Trent Richardson, the rookie of the year would have come down to one of those two tailbacks. So looking at Alfred and Doug Martin, who, again, were drafted both in 2012, Alfred is just one month older than Doug Martin. Alfred has started 64 career games in the NFL. Doug has started 49. Doug has missed 15 games due to injury, okay? Alfred has missed zero. Goose egg. Doug has 868 career carries. Alfred, obviously having played in 15 more games, has 1,078. This is where things get really interesting. Doug Martin has 3,806 career rushing yards. Alfred Morris, 4,000. 713 career rushing yards. He's got more than 900 more yards than Doug Martin. Doug Martin has 20 career rushing touchdowns. That's what counts, right? You put points on the board. Alfred Morris has 29 career touchdowns. That's nine more. That's 54 more points that Alfred Morris has put on the board for his team than Doug Martin has. Now, I'm going to repeat this. Doug Martin's contract, five years, $35.75 million with $15 million guaranteed. I just told you, Alfred Morris, he's got him beaten every significant statistic. And he's the same age. He's a month older, excuse me, but they're drafted in the same class. And Alfred Morris's contract, two years with a $3.5 million base for both of those years. The Cowboys just fleeced the entire NFL. The Cowboys brilliantly slow played this whole thing. A lot of people were, you know, ready to freak out because the Cowboys hadn't made a move and because they lost out on guys like Lamar Miller and Eric Weddle. But this is a huge signing, if you ask me, because the Cowboys got the same production that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got out of Doug Martin at a fraction of the cost. And people, you know, people want to say that the Cowboys' brilliance is Stephen Jones and that Jerry has nothing to do with it. Give Jerry credit. We're talking about the 2014 Executive of the Year. This doesn't happen by accident. There's a lot of thinking going on in the brain trust of the Dallas Cowboys. Things that, you know, we don't know, and that's why we're panicking. We're freaking out. But these guys, they know what they're doing. They just went out and they got this guy in Alfred Morris who demolishes the NFC East, and that's the division they play in. If you don't believe me, check this out. Alfred, he's got 16 career games against the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. That's one whole season's worth of games. So we could look at this like a season, but specifically against the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants over a four-year period. 280 carries, 1,117 yards. That's 3.99 yards per carry, if you can't do that mental math. Five touchdowns, eight times he's had 75 yards or more, and 11 times he's had 50 yards or more. Alfred Morris is a monster. He, he completely owns the NFC East, and now the Cowboys own him and can use him in their rotation of running backs. The Cowboys are revolutionizing the financial element of the running game in the NFL. They've invested their money in what matters. If you think about this, there are six people that help the run game on a football team. You got the five offensive linemen, and you got the running back. You can get way more subjective and say, well, the, if a quarterback's really good, the run game opens up. If you got receivers and tight ends, you can block whatever. I'm talking about the five linemen and the in the running back. The Cowboys have put their money, their draft picks, their primary resources in the big boys up front. They say, well, we're going to put all of our resources in the five that's what makes the most sense and then we're just going to have the one benefit from that we'll we'll shop at a bargain rate for that guy like they just did with Alfred Morris and they did so brilliantly and we're going to turn this thing into something beautiful and that's what the Cowboys have done the Cowboys are also 
very much against having a running back who's the age of 30 or older. And if you look at it, they don't have a single one under contract who is 30 years old or who will turn 30 under contract. Alfred Morris is 27, like I talked about. He has a two-year contract. He'll be 29 when his contract expires. These guys know what they're doing. We need to trust them. And go check out the article if you want. I had a lot of fun writing it. Another thing I had a lot of fun doing this past week was I was on Inside the Pylon's War Room series. And Inside the Pylon is a great, great resource if you want to learn about football. They approach things from a really unique perspective. They do great work. Highly recommend Inside the Pylon. Anyways, these dudes are putting out a War Room series of podcasts where they've gathered some people who know each team really well, and they put together short little 15-minute podcasts from each team. So, for example, the Inside the Pylon group, they got together some Tennessee Titans people who know what they're talking about when it comes to the Titans, and they did a 15-minute podcast, and they pretended that they were the war room of the Tennessee Titans, and they drafted a player at number one overall. They had all the players on their board. Then Inside the Pylon went, and they approached some Cleveland Browns people, and they told them, hey, here's the guy that the Titans took number one overall. You're on the clock. You got 15 minutes. Did the same thing with the San Diego Chargers at number three, and guess who's got the number four overall pick in the draft? the Dallas Cowboys. Inside the pylon had put USA Today's Jonah Tolls in charge of the Cowboys group, and Jonah was kind enough to invite me to be a part of it. It was him, myself, and Keith Mullins, who you have surely heard on Cowboys Crunch Time before, and the three of us were in charge of picking somebody at number four overall for the Dallas Cowboys. We debated it, we floated some names out there, we talked pros and cons, and I think it's something that you'll really enjoy and something that you should listen to throughout the whole series. This is a really cool idea that Inside the Pylon has come up with, so I highly recommend subscribing to their podcast and listening to the whole thing, but especially the Cowboys one that features Jonah, Keith, and myself. You can follow Jonah on Twitter at JonahTollsNFL and Keith at KeithDeuces. The other thing that I've got going on this week is I'm going to be on Cowboys Cast with Bobby Belt, who you heard on here a few weeks ago. Go ahead and go check that out. I'm just... Uh, you can't get away from me this week. It's a it's a week filled with RJ, and it's a week that culminates in Easter on Sunday, and then before you know it, it'll be Monday again, and next week on the RJ Ochoa Show, we're going to have the founder of NFL Draft Zone, Dan Turner, on all the way from across the pond. I'm really excited to talk to Dan and hear about some prospects in this year's upcoming draft and pick his brain a little bit. And some other brains that I'll be picking are of the Cowboys Twitter community at the official Dallas draft party, which is going on at the Maverick in Carrollton, Texas, on the uh, night of the NFL draft. It's something that I highly recommend you checking out if you're in the Dallas area. There'll be a lot of great people there, myself included. And we're going to have a great time as the Cowboys get on the clock and take somebody at number four overall, perhaps the player who Jonah Keith and I took in the Inside the Pylon series. But uh, it's been a fun week, and it was a great chat with Lucky. Very much appreciate him checking everything out and stopping by. Like I said, you can follow him on Twitter at NinjaFast22. He is NinjaFast. He's unbelievably fast. So hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did or if you didn't or if you just want to say hi, let me know. Email me, rj at rjochoashow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at rjochoa. Every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, I do a Periscope session, so make sure you follow me on Periscope, RJ Ochoa. Real simple stuff. You want to talk about life? I love doing that, too. So everybody, make sure you have a great week, have a great Easter weekend, and enjoy football, enjoy life, and remember, go Cowboys. Peace out! I
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.